Welcome to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast for mamas who laugh their way through the struggles of parenting. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Hi, lady. Hi. And we won't go into all the details, but Pamela is having all the struggles of parenting. I've had a- In the last seven days. had a shit week. So we are going to try to make her laugh- as much as possible in this episode and ply her with adult beverages. <laughs> ply me with cheap wine coolers. Yes, girl. So what variety of Seagrams do you have in front of you? Well, these are not just Seagrams. They're Seagrams escapes. Escape. I feel like you have to say, like, escapes. Like, that. <laughs> like on a commercial. Escape. With, like, For her. ocean sounds in the background. <sighs> okay. So- arr, arr. <laughs> Soothing ocean sounds. That's don't ever do a single again. That is not soothing whatsoever. How dare you, madam? Do the way. Where are you going? I mean, like a real whale, not Dory. You're going to end up editing this out. You're going to re-listen to it and be like, what the hell was wrong with me? False. I'm going to play it on loop and make it your ringtone. So I'm drinking. The first one I grabbed was Jamaican Me Happy because I'm hoping it'll Jamaican Me Happy. Yes. (laughs) Or at least make me slightly loopy where I'm just like, who cares? Big deal. (laughs) I only live five minutes away. (laughs) I have a feeling you're going to get either... Real giggly or real honest in this episode. Both. Or possibly both. I damn it, I don't even care. What else? As my friends say, I'm a fun drunk and an honest drunk. (laughs) I guess real. Um, I got the blueberry acai lemonade. Is that how you pronounce that word? Yeah, acai. I was like, the acai? Uh, he can't take me anywhere. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> okay, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I told you I was gonna try to make you laugh this episode. Acai, say it. It's Portuguese. Acai. Yeah, acai. Blueberry acai lemonade. Well, that's like before I learned how to pronounce quinoa. Kenoa. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Not for a long time, but I'd never heard it spoken. So how the hell was I supposed to know you're supposed to pronounce it? Kenoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the last one is Calypso Colada. Because I like pina coladas. Mm-hmm, and it's blue drink. And I'm drinking away. <laughs> and I make up lots of words. Because yes. that's in my brain. <laughs> I apologize to our listeners. And a nice big cup full of water to balance it out. Because my pancreas is like, what the hell? We haven't done this in a while. Mm-hmm. And Pregger's over here. I am drinking my nice tap water and staying hydrated. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Cheers. Cheers. Punk. Punk. Ah, refreshing. Yep. It'll get you drunk. Why, girl, wasted? You'll be doing fat chicks in no time. <laughs> <laughs> well, your husband, I, as I was, when you said the 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 Seagrams were in the door, I opened the door uh-huh. and I went, woo. And he's like, they've been in there since like the last time y'all got white girl wasted. I was like, well, I'm going to get real wasted. Mm-hmm. Challenge accepted. Here, and these do tend to have a pretty low... ABV. Yeah, the, so the alcohol content is 3.2%. Oh, yeah. All right. Do we have crap from the internet? We sure do. Throw me some craps. Not, All right. Not really. This, have you ever wanted to have sex in a cop car? It hasn't crossed my mind. Have you ever been but. arrested and tried to have sex in a cop car while you wait no. for the cop to drive you off? No and no. Okay. Well, this Florida couple decided they were just going to. Of course it's a Florida couple. <laughs> they were just going to, you know, go for it. We love you, Florida. But it's a special breed. Maybe it's the extra heat they get. It's if you look at all the factors that make. From a geography point of view, all the factors that make a place 
more likely to have crime or erratic behavior, like closer to the equator, a warm climate, humid, near bodies of water. A lot more sunlight too, right? Isn't that one of them? Yeah, a mixture of like different cultures, tourism, like Florida literally checks all the boxes. (laughs) Sorry, Florida. You're the tip of... <laughs> it's it's the pinnacle of society. <laughs> You're your own Bermuda Triangle. Really are. Anyway, continue. So a Florida couple was arrested for DUI, and um, they're sitting in the back of the police car, you know, waiting to get taken off to jail. And um, they're, this is in Nassau County, by the way. Mm-hmm. So some of the very warm climate of Florida. It was a warm, balmy evening. (laughs) It truly was. Um, The sheriff's deputy pulled over two bicyclists who were riding around without their lights on and was almost hit by a vehicle. So not only did they get a DUI, but they got a DUI riding a bicycle. They were later identified as a 35-year-old female and a 31-year-old male. They smelled of alcohol and had bloodshot, watery eyes and slurred speech. So the deputy um, said that uh, one of them failed a sobriety test and declined the other ones. Um, so they were arrested, taken into custody because the female was like, I ain't doing no tests. So That's a spirit. <laughs> so they were both handcuffed in the back of the deputy's police car. <laughs> but they didn't let that deter the romance from brewing, if you know what I mean. Lady in red. <laughs> Lady in cuffs. <laughs> yes. Listening to that metal rub-a-dub. Girl, <laughs> something about them red and blue lights flickering on you. It's doing something to me. Wow. With your bloodshot eyes. Ooh. So the officer said he turned back around. He was outside of the cop car. You know, he probably was like finishing up yeah. the report or whatever. So he's outside and he turns around and they both had their clothes off and they were in the beginnings of having sex. <laughs> that is impressive to do when you have cuffs on. I know. Even, I, they didn't say if the cuffs were behind the back. I'm guessing they were in the front. Or maybe they were just, you know, how you get like extra bendy and you don't feel things when you're that's true. Alcohol, you can just slip it under, like contortionist slip your slip your Either hands that under or your you butt. like flip around and you're like, do do me, you know, you do me. <laughs> oh, girl, you know, take my shirt off, I take yours off. Wow. Yeah. So let's just okay. So the officer had to open the door to stop them. The guy falls out and he's like completely naked. Well, the lady had her pants down with her lady area exposed. Mm-hmm. As well her as own her own Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. You're welcome. Bada bing. <laughs> and her breasts were also fully exposed. Like, oh, my. But he just, she unleashed the ladies. Basically, after he removed the naked man from the car... The man knocked him to the ground and ran away before being arrested at a cold stone creamery. <laughs> oh, no. So he ran butt-ass naked people to a cold stone. Still cuffed, I assume, in some fashion. In some fashion. But his first place uh, to go is ice cream. Ice cream! Have you had cold stone? It's fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty damn cold in there, I'm too. I'm not saying, but it probably feels great when you've been in the humidity and getting all steamed up in the backseat of a cop car with your lady friend. I just hope the little grid thing didn't get impressionated on us. <laughs> you look like a waffle back there. Okay. I got waffled. <laughs> so anyway, he... <laughs> He has been charged with the DOI, exposing sex organs, that's a thing, committing an unnatural and lascivious act and resisting without violence. The lady was charged with a threat against a public official. Guess that's what happened when she declined to take the sobriety test. Right. Committing an unnatural and lascivious act, which makes me sit there going, what? What is unnatural about sex? Like, the most natural act, period. What were they doing? Mm -hmm. And exposing her sex organs and a DUI. 
<laughs> the man. You get a DUI. You get a DUI. Everybody gets a DUI. The natural, lascivious sex act. <laughs> Devil child. Devil child. <laughs> I throw you with holy water. <laughs> Can you imagine being those people at the cold stone and like a naked guy? You're like you're just eating it. You're like eating your strawberry with gummy bears mixed in, and you're like, I'm just trying to eat my giant bowl of ice cream. That, That's all. Is that a naked dude getting tackled by the police? <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I miss by always getting stuff to go through the drive-through. <laughs> I need to eat out more often. <laughs> Truth. All right, yeah. so the poor man is still behind bars because he has a $12,508 bond, but the lady is being held without bail. Probably because she made the... I about to say, I'm assuming that's because she refused the... The threat the against test. the public official. <laughs> I think it's more than she refused to test the actual charges, a threat against a public official, so she probably told him to go himself. Something. I don't know. Yeah, they both have lengthy rap sheets. Um, the guy recently served 60 days in jail for a parole violation, while she served 46 days behind bars for assaulting a law enforcement officer. So, history, history of good decisions. So, once again, if you're at a cold stone and you see a naked man, <laughs> you might want to just stay inside. <laughs> just stay sharp. <laughs> Thank you, Florida. We salute you. Jamaican me happy. Again, is Jamaican me happy. Oh, good. So, a little background for some people. Long ago, I used to sleepwalk. But I didn't just sleepwalk. I would eat. Mm. I had no idea I would do that until I had roommates, college roommates told me. My dear husband would tell me. And my comfort food was cereal. So, I would get a bowl. I would get some frosted flakes or something really yummy, mm-hmm. pour a ton of milk, and I would sit there and I would just eat. <laughs> and people would come and talk to me like two or three in the morning, and I would be like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and they said you would, I would just answer, that's how I, I would just go, uh-huh. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just eat. And then once I was done, I would get up and I would put it in the sink. Like, not pour anything out, just put mm-hmm. it in the sink. And I'd go right back to bed, and I'd start snoring. And I have no recollection. All I know is I would be like, I would be working out hardcore, mm-hmm. trying to lose weight. And I'm like, why can't I lose weight? And I remember my roommates telling me about it, and I, we all had a good laugh. And I'm like, well, I do that sometimes when I'm really stressed out. So, and it was like finals week. And, uh-huh. But when I was trying to lose weight, married, beginning of our early years of marriage, I was like, honey, I just, I don't understand. Maybe I need to go see the doctor or something. And he's like, could be those bowls of Frosted Flakes you're eating almost every night, like two, three in the morning. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) I thought that was you eating like a snack before bed. He's like, no, you get up and have a bowl of cereal. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you talk to me sometimes. He's like, you turn on all the lights. I'm just picturing someone, like, experimenting with, like, how to thwart your cereal eating and just, like, locking up the pantry and you just stay there like, uh, 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 like, stop, stuck in automatic door opening mode, but the door won't open. It's amazing that I, one, never broke a bowl or anything like that. Yeah. But to, to kill it, I went to therapy and we... The end goal for that is you identify the dreams that you're having uh-huh. and you try to accomplish within that dream. And sometimes that will break the, the cycle. Sleep, the cycle. Yeah. So I haven't slept in a really long time. I hope I don't. But meanwhile, my know. kids do. Oh, gosh. Sabrina, she'll come in my our room and she's like screaming and yelling about something. And we're like, what is it? What is it? And then she like turns around and walks back into our room and I'm like, Great. <laughs> so I tell this story because this poor woman swallowed her own engagement ring while she was sleeping, thinking it was a dream. No. And so as soon as I read Ouch. this, I know, as soon as I read this, I was like, thank God it was only Frosted Flakes I was putting in my mouth. That's a lot easier to pass. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot easier to pass. Oh. So the article starts with a really snarky 
joke. So that one works. more reason not to go to bed hungry. Ha 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 ha. Um, this poor California woman, she dreamed of swallowing her engagement ring, says she woke up to discover it actually happened, leaving her in need of emergency medical procedure to extract the ring. Wow. Her name is Jenna Evans, and she's from San Diego. She was sleepwalking when she said she swallowed her 2.4-carat diamond. Cha-ching, girl. After dreaming, she was on a high-speed train, and the only way to protect her ring from approaching bad guys was to swallow it. I'll say, I've heard people doing that in, you know, situations where they need to either smuggle their jewelry or to keep it safe, but... Yeah. That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I pop that, this is how she put it. I popped that sucker off, put it in my mouth, and swallowed it with a glass of water, Evans wrote in a now viral Facebook post that detailed the bizarre incident. She said she started to come to and realize what she was doing, but then I assumed this too was a dream because who actually swallows their engagement ring? Yes. <laughs> so I went back to sleep. It's like one of, it's one of those dreams where I'm sure where, it's sort of like the opposite, where you wake up and you're not sure what's reality and what's the dream, and you had to, like, sit there and rationalize with yourself for a long time in some cases of, like, okay, what actually happened? What didn't happen? To, oh, you know, clearly the dream's not over because my ring's not here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've had lots of... <sighs> I've had some dreams that just felt insanely real that wasn't real. Yeah. Like, I had a lot of dreams when I was a teenager that I would be pregnant, and wow. then after, like, a day or two afterwards, somebody in my family would announce they were having a baby. <laughs> uh, but the lady, Miss Evans, says, I have a lot of strange dreams. Um, she added that she has a history of sleepwalking and even doing laundry in her sleep. That's so productive. she has never eaten anything in her sleep until now. I know. I want to do exercising in my sleep. <laughs> I'm so skinny. <laughs> We'd be so fit. Well, I would be so fit. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's find a way to. That's a major multitasking. <laughs> it's the only way I'm gonna fit it in. For real, right? Sorry <laughs> to go down that road, but that's the only way it's gonna get fit in right now. But when she woke up the next morning, she noticed the gauge ring was missing from her finger and alerted her fiance Bobby, who appeared skeptical at first. Which I give Bobby some credit for that. Yeah. I don't think he believed me right away. We laughed pretty hard for about an hour and a half, called my mom, laughed until we were crying, she said on Facebook. The couple then went to an urgent care clinic where an x-ray of her stomach confirmed the ring's location. The mm -hmm. doctors there then referred to our gastroenterologist who advised that she have emergency upper endoscopy performed to retrieve it, opposed <clears throat> to relying upon her body to naturally expel it. Because mm -hmm. things could get hung, and depending on the shape of the ring, I'm sure things yeah, could get scratched or torn. Sharp things yeah. And, yeah. And I've had an upper endoscopy done. It's not fun. Is that the thing where they fish the stuff down your throat? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're asleep, but it's... I'm sure you still feel stuff afterward. and yeah, yeah, your throat hurts. Like, you feel like you've had, like, you had strep recently <clears throat> or something. It's not fun. Mar. Um, then she said, I was really happy because I don't know if I can look at it and appreciate it the same way if I had to search for it, meaning out of her poo. I feel very grateful that I got it back and that it does end as a happy, funny story. As for her ring, Evan said her fiance has given it back for her to wear. She doesn't expect it will happen again. So I'm going to be honest with you. I don't sleep with my rings. I don't like anything on me, like mm -hmm. earrings, rings, bracelets. If I do, if I am hot and I want to put my hair up, I have it like practically like pebbles mm -hmm. on the top of my head. Like I don't want to feel like other than my pajamas, I don't mm -hmm. want to feel anything on me. Mm -hmm. So I would not risk that because I would actually have to physically get out of my bed and go get it. Right. So those are my craps. Good craps. Don't have sex in a cop car. Well, not Don't swallow your rings. I'm here to provide all areas of wisdom. You are. I am. Girl, I'm really excited for our topic this week. Yeah, I'm not sure why you're excited. 
I think I'm excited because it's one that I... You've been wanting to do it. Yes. When I suggested it, I thought very much one way about it. Mm. But then now that I've done my research, I have a better understanding of the full picture of it. Me too. So I'm I'm curious to kind of dig in and see what you think. So and I also I also have a sorry I also have like an adult version of this Ah. that I can compare it to. But anyway, go ahead. So, lady, Mm. what are we talking about? As you polish up your first Seagrams, we are talking about participation trophies. Yeah, the good, the bad, and maybe not so ugly. I don't know. And Mm -hmm. I'll say we. And I've got a little bit of history behind participation trophies. Do you got a research you can define? Because <laughs> when I, I can, in, if you want me to. Because when I did my research, I put in like um, participation trophies, and it came in with like an actual definition of what a participation trophy was. It's like first I was like, oh, I should copy that, and I'm like, ah, Sarah's got that. <laughs> and participation trophies, <laughs> and it goes to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a trophy that a participant in any kind of event receives simply for being a part of it, not necessarily for being, you know, the best or anything like that. And it tends to, hey, how's that drink treating you? The acai? (laughs) The blueberry acai lemonade is sweet. I feel like I'm drinking a blow pop. Ow. I'm so glad you said pop at the end of that. <laughs> oh, I didn't did know you where do? you were going with that. You've had alcohol. I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. I wouldn't dare say that. Thank it. Yeah, but not saying it. God, that's sweet, guys. There was a follow-up joke I can make, but I'm going to keep that to myself. We don't need to go down that road. So, like I said, I have a brief history of participation trophies. Lay it on me. Because I wanted to see, you know, if it was... A new thing, or if it's something that's been around for a while. So I remember it from when I was younger. Surprisingly, participation trophies are not a recent invention. <gasps> They're not. Um, there are news articles mentioning all participants of various sporting events receiving trophies as far back as the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And around this same time, it became more common for universities to reward literal participation trophies to a fraternity or other group that had the most members participate in intramural sports. <laughs> so it's it was literally a reward for who has the most participants. Nice. Nice. And the idea behind this was to just encourage students to do sports. So participation was seen as something worth rewarding because it meant you're getting good exercise, you compete, you try hard and it doesn't at the end of the day matter if you win or lose because yes. you're still getting physical exercise, socializing, all those good things. Which, okay, makes sense. And then various leagues and organizations continued to offer participation tro- trophies over the following decades, kind of here or there. Mm-hmm. But the handing out of participation trophies began to increase a lot in the 1990s. And this also coincided with the growth of pay-for-place youth sports. Yeah. And as an effort to increase and broaden participation among children and also a cultural shift to put less emphasis on winning. Oh. Same kind of thing. So it's the idea of we want to get more people to come come and just do the thing. Mm -hmm. And also we want to make it so that it's, you know, you want to try your hardest, but winning is not everything. No, you still did a good job regardless. Yes. Um, over the next decade, participation trophies began to be associated with entitlement and diminished achievement. Hmm. And by 2005, the backlash against participation trophies was in full swing, and much of that continues to this day. And the discussion around participation trophies has really become less about handing out hunks of metal or plastic, and much more about their potential effects on the children who receive them. Yes. So that's kind of where the big debate comes and in. And that's what we're really going to yes. talk about. Before we jump in, at least leading up to when we start, before we start doing our research for this episode, what was your personal opinion on participation trophies for kids or otherwise? Well, I... I always appreciate the good joke of like, oh, everybody's going to get a participation trophy. Mm -hmm. But to be perfectly honest, when you brought it up, 
at first I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to give my opinion on this. Mm-hmm. And then I thought back and I'm like, I have one from when I played soccer when I was little. Mm-hmm. And I also had another trophy from softball. But I never thought of them as like awards. Yeah. I just took, like, I have them in a box, a keepsake box with all my other yearbooks and stuff. And so I was thinking back on them and I thought, well, those are, I mean, there wasn't, I didn't really think any of it when I was a kid. I was just like, yeah, I got that. If anybody asked, I'd be like, oh yeah, I got that for playing soccer. Mm -hmm. I got that play from playing softball. Well, that's cool. I also had certificates, participation certificates or ribbons or anything like that. I mean, I just, I thought it was a cool way of highlighting that I accomplished a year of doing that or a season of doing that. I never took it as everybody's equal. No one's better than the other people because I, I mean, we had award ceremonies and so we all got that kind of trophy, but at the ceremony, people got the MVP or yeah. The steadiest or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And so, it, like, who scored the most or who defended the best, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. so, it was, I never, like, thinking back on it, I never thought, like, I had never got. It wasn't really a thing. It wasn't. It was just kind of like, cool, that highlights what I did this summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I put it on a shelf. And I really didn't think, because I had that trophy that when I went to school, it means I should have got an A to make myself feel better. Right. <laughs> is what I get from people's argument now. Yeah. I mean, and when I did my research, I found this one really great off article where they interviewed sports psychologists and then child psychologists. And they mm-hmm. kind of did like, what are, what are the cons? What are the pros? Yeah. And like an overall assessment of participation trophies. And then I thought of a real-world adult example Mm -hmm. of it while I was eating dinner before I came over here. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want me to start on my stuff or... go for it. Okay, so I found this. It's off of a website called K2 Awards. They actually do awards for sports and apparel. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I this, think I pulled a very similar article from them, but I, I want to hear what you have. This is called Participation Trophy Debate. Yep. What psychologists say. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I give take my us, synopsis on it? Take us through it. Okay. So, there's two arguments split into this. Participation trophies are bad. Participation trophies are good. I'm mm-hmm. going to start with the bad. The biggest argument that they are bad is that it is seen as a form of overprotection for our children, as you have said. For example, trophies are given out regardless of the effort the child makes or how poorly their performance or even if they lose a game so the kids don't feel bad about actually losing. Um, A sports psychologist named Dan Gold. Is it Mm -hmm. Gold or Gould? I think it's Gould. Gould. Gold noted that in order for rewards to actually work, they need to be earned, which I get that. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's a way to increase a child's motivation, emphasize the health benefits, or even show how fun the sport actually is to them if they earn the award. Yeah. Focus more on the like non-tangible benefits or rewards of it. Yeah. So his overall argument is that showing children that The everyday benefits of sports um, shows them that playing sports can be rewarding outside of actually getting a trophy. So I guess his viewpoint is most kids now sign up for a sport and their parents are like, I want them to learn this sport or have some activity. Meanwhile, they're thinking, I'm just going to get a trophy at the end of it. It's his. This is what I get. It's what he's arguing. Yeah. Yeah. Another viewpoint that these trophies are bad is that it can cause kids to not try as hard because they're expecting the award at the end, regardless of their performance. Right there. They grow up. They supposedly grow up feeling entitled for rewards simply for showing up. Basically they're like spoiled brats in their mind. And that very much plays into the stereotypes around millennials in particular these days, which I have a whole separate kind of rant on that that I'll go into at the end. You go ahead because you're much more of a millennial. I know they try to, people try to lump me into a millennial and I'm not. But I have like, I have like a whole section lined out around it, but it's, that's sort of the thought is, you know, this is where it starts. You know, people feel entitled for 
yeah. for rewards for doing the absolute minimum. And Right. Yeah. But then there's also the counter argument to that same idea is that kids that are actually working really hard and trying to earn a win mm-hmm. feel kind of deflated because they see a kid get the same kind of trophy or award mm-hmm. for a minimum amount of work compared mm-hmm. to what they just did. Right. So there's, they're seeing it from both sides. Like, you don't want to diminish the ones that are working really, really hard, mm-hmm. and they're really trying, and they really have, like, a passion and an effort for it, yeah. to the ones that are all like, they're the butterfly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so now, the second argument, participation trophies are good, and they're good in the sense that uh, there's proven benefits of positive reinforcements. Especially in younger kids. Yeah, within child psychology. So, giving children a reward for their efforts is great because it shows them the value, quote, the value of being present, working hard, and contributing to a team. Rewards can also show how good it is to be, quote, reliable and how important the effort of every person is, no matter if it leads to a victory or a loss. And then they even quote, I'm a psychologist professor, Kenneth Barish. The idea of giving trophies to only the winners doesn't emphasize enough of the other values that are important. Overall, playing sports isn't always about being the best of the best, but instead learning the importance of an active lifestyle, teamwork, social skills, learning a fun game that could potentially turn into a lifelong interest. So basically, participation trophies could emphasize all of those points right there to the kid at the end, Mm -hmm. which I'll be honest with you. It did kind of feel good at the end of a season, whether I played crap, I thought I played crappy or not, to get that. I'm like, well, you know, cool. Have, have a little something to commemorate. Maybe I'll do time. it again. Maybe I'll do it again. You know, it's a fun yeah. memory kind of thing. And then um, an education theorist, Alfie Cohn, he notes that these trophies spool kids. Mm-hmm. He has this really great quote that says, we're left wondering why it would it would help to be brought down to earth even before one had a chance to soar. Mm -hmm. So meaning, why are you going to knock these poor kids or poor person down before they even had the opportunity to achieve something or feel that they have achieved something? Mm -hmm. And it could be, yeah, the kid wasn't the best. They didn't do their best or whatever, but they still tried. So let's give them something to say, you know, thanks for trying. He even notes that rewarding kids only for the outcome of their actions rather than the process that got them there can lead. um, Sorry, I'm reading that wrong. (laughs) Jamaican me happy is Jamaican me loopy. (laughs) So this is part of where they go to the overall assessment of it. Mm -hmm. Um, What they were saying is they were trying to dispel the outcomes of giving like a, everyone an even keel award mm-hmm. compared to people who are working hard. So there was a study at Cornell University where children were given a test and then they were either praised for being smart or for working hard. Mm-hmm. Then later, the two groups of students were offered the choice between an easy test or one that was more difficult but presented an opportunity to learn. So 67 of the ki- 67% of the kids that were called smart chose the easier test. Mm-hmm. While 92% of the kids praised for working hard cho- chose the more difficult one. So their argument is instead of showing kids, instead of teaching kids this black and white dynamic of winning versus losing, mm-hmm. these participation trophies can show kids that trying new things, even if you're not good at them the first time or the second time, can teach them, you know, just keep trying at it, keep working harder. You right. might learn, you might grow here. And the overall assessment of this article is that it's really up to you as a parent or a coach or whatever, if you want to give it to them. Um, They do note around the ages of 8 to 12 is when kids start to have mixed feelings about participation trophies. And by this time, they start to understand basically how a game is truly paid and efforts and winners and losers and that kind of thing. But for little ones, you know, why you want to burn the excitement. Yeah. So for little, little kids. Yeah. I don't think there's harm. This is, this was one of those topics. Again, I came into it really with a strong I'm curious what your opinion was. I came into it with sort of, I was sort of one of the people who's like, oh yeah, participation trophies. Everyone's a winner. You get a participation trophy. You get a participation trophy. But 
again, kind of reading this, it's sort it's short. It kind of made me realize that I think the parents care way more about this stuff than the kids do. Because mm-hmm. back to what you said, I, I realized like, oh, yeah, I didn't get a ton of these, but I did get participation certificates or ribbons or things like that here and there that, you know, it's like, I didn't think of that as, this means I'm the best. It's just like, oh, cool. I did a thing. Yeah. And it's a yeah. great thing for your memory box when you get older. Yeah. Like, like all this cool stuff I've done. Yeah. I was very much, and again, before I read this, I was very much in the camp of, unless you're doing something that just in and of itself is super difficult or super impressive, like running a marathon, I have no problem with everyone who participates and completes a marathon getting a medal. <laughs> true true because that is how about a half marathon how about a 10k because i'm all, doing that all the above let's say i've got i've got medals for my little 5ks and i'm quite proud of them things like that i don't i don't have an issue with because it's cool to, again it's kind of cool to be able to say look at my collection look at my stuff that i've done i want to see if i can you know do some more and get even more and be more active i don't have an issue with that and i think also my opinion was because i sort of misunderstood what the purpose of the participation trophies were mm-hmm. for. I think there are some people who genuinely see them as, ooh, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And so we want to protect that. But I didn't think about it from the point of view of it's literally to get people to participate. Yes. Which that makes more sense. And, to com- me. and commemorate that participation. Exactly. And, that, and that's something that I've thought of too, where participation trophies can come in many different forms you know it could just be you know a hat or a t-shirt or something that you know isn't necessarily a reward but it's a way to be like hey you played on this team for this season and good for you for being a part of it yeah so i've i don't know i'm kind of all over the place now although i think part of what i was conflating is i tend to kind of put these two things which are actually very different into one category there actually is a difference between participation trophies and the leagues where they don't keep score. Oh, oh okay. I didn't know that. See, and there is, there are leagues that don't keep score? Yeah, like especially and that's very much in the in the mindset of we don't want any kids to feel like a loser. Is that like the three to four-year-olds that aren't really even paying attention? Or is it just <sighs> any I don't, I don't know specifics, but I've heard of it happening like all the way up through elementary, possibly in middle school. But I don't know that for sure. And to me, that's sort of getting into the territory of yeah, we don't being, want a a too, that's being a little too protective. Yeah. I'm all for letting people be engaged and I think it's parents putting way too much stock in things because, I mean, do we really have any studies that show, you know, this group of kids was giving participation trophies as children and here's how it affects them now as adults versus a group of kids that weren't. And, you know, we don't have that. It's all opinion based. Yeah. I mean, there was another another article I found about participation trophies and like the idea of what what people are standing for Mm -hmm. is pretty much a lie. And he had this really great quote that said, if anyone is to blame for giving out participation trophies, it's the parents and community leaders. And then he says, the participation trophy argument only holds up if you believe the kids aren't smart enough to know the difference between a participation trophy and first place. I'm here to tell you that they do. And like I said, I had my trophies and I I mean, even as an eight year old, I'm like, oh, that's just for me playing soccer. And it even just said my name and the sports team. It didn't say first place. It didn't say MVP or anything like that. It just has my name on it, and it's a kid kicking a soccer ball. And people are like, oh, cool. Did you, like, win it? Or I'm like, no, it's just, you know, from the the season. And they're Mm -hmm. like, okay. I think that's exactly right. Like, give give kids more credit. They – I don't think trophies make or break them one way or the other. Yeah. And – they know the difference, especially once they're at least, like, five or six or older. Yeah. So, can I give my real-life example? Some people are going to hate me for this. But yes. as I was thinking <laughs> today, uh, some companies call it a cost-of-living increase. Mm-hmm. And other companies call it a merit increase. Right. Meaning you just get an extra little percentage every year on your salary. Mm-hmm. 
The ones that call it a merit increase, it's usually you get like two or three percent across the board, regardless mm-hmm. of your level of performance. Right. And I have worked places where I'll be honest with you, I felt that I worked my ass off and my counterpart did jack shit. Mm-hmm. But we both got the same merit increase right. because it was one of those even killed everybody gets a trophy kind of thought. Sure. But then People can also got promoted. There's bonuses that you could earn. And that yep. is based on performance. The promotions are based on performance. You know, um, additional awards are based mm-hmm. on not just performance, but things you might do outside of your job capabilities or even volunteering. Mm-hmm. So I, I liken it to the participation trophy as well as these other trophies that you can get for first place or most valuable player mm-hmm. or always being the right-hand man or whatever. Yeah. It's very much the same in adult life. And I know a lot of people are probably going to be, they might not see it the same way that I do, but that's how I see it as, Mm -hmm. because I hear it a lot from different people about, well, it stinks that I got 3% and Joe Schmo over there, he doesn't do jack shit and he got 3% too. And I know I work harder than he does. It's not fair. And then it's like, yeah, did you get a good bonus this year? I was about to say, if, if that was the only thing that your company was giving and hey there are some people who'd be super grateful even for that yes it but if there's a whole separate thing that actually weighs your merits and how much work you've individually put in i to me it's kind of like yeah calm your tits you're you're okay but i have worked at places where you do have the rating system but it doesn't change. Everybody still gets the Everyone still merit. gets the same. Yeah. I remember being told by my manager that budget-wise, everyone was getting the same merit increase. And right. it didn't matter what the ratings were anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just flat out told me. Yeah. She's like, you could have, like, needs improvement on this stuff and you'd still get the same amount. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. But I might be thinking of this wrong. I think for our company, is it that there's a a baseline? There is. Merit. In, Ours is a baseline. And, and yes. And will increase. Yes. But I'm just but saying there's other also, places. But, but isn't there also, like, there's room for a little bit of, mm-hmm. like, like, one or two extra percentage points if they it see. It is. It is. I'm not talking about all companies, but I'm just saying majority of them right. have that just base. And they don't have yeah. that wiggle room. And it's, Yeah. And it is interesting what, you know, if you how you brand it as either this is just the cost of living increase. And that just sounds very kind of like, all right, across the board, this is just what we Nobody do. bitches. Yeah. Nobody bitches. Versus, yeah, when you when you call it merit, you actually expect it to be based on merit. merit. Yeah. Yes. That's, I, I agree with that. Which, and I think our company has switched to calling it the cost of living increase. Yeah. I think they have. I'm not saying that everybody, every company is like this across the board, but there are some, and I have worked for those that are like, mm-hmm. yeah. You're all getting the same thing. So this is so again. I just think it's super interesting that I was coming in guns blazing, like I really thought I knew where I stood on this. But now I'm kind of like, I can't. Did it? Everyone, calm down. I don't think a, a plastic trophy is going. My to trophies change, were not plastic. Is going way. is going to change whether or not someone expects that they have to work for a job promotion or something. Yeah. I mean, just make your kid feel good about himself. What's wrong with that? That's the other thing, too, is that is this is the one area that will kind of be a devil's advocate for not doing participation trophies. It, it seems like all the things that they're talking about, like emphasizing the value of teamwork and the value of trying your hardest and just the fact that you went out there and tried. Isn't that what words of encouragement from coaches and from parents are supposed, supposed to, to be for. Yes. Which, I, granted, I know that not all kids have great coaches or active parents or people. Or they have the parents on the sidelines, why the hell did you drop the ball? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I get that there are exceptions, but that's the thing that I remember from growing up. Uh, I was in uh, like rec basketball league for a couple of years, yeah. and our team sucked. There's no two ways about it. There we no. go. Yeah, we just sucked. But my parents still came and they cheered me on. Yep. And they, you know, said, you know, it's great that you always show up for practice and that you try your hardest. And, you know, no matter what, you're always like the fastest one running up and down the court and this, that, and the other thing. And so it felt good that people could still see that I was trying. Yeah. Even though. 
we very rarely won. And obviously, you know, we're going to take home the championship trophy at the end of it. But it's, I remember the words of encouragement yeah. more than a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. I remember yeah. you'll get them next time. Or, yeah. you know, just, I mean, there was a lot of times, I mean, I grew up with the whole shake it off. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just like, oh, I jammed my finger. It was like, it was a loss. And my dad would put his arm around my shoulder and be like, shake it off. You played hard. You yeah. did good. Or if I came home and was bitching and moaning about stuff too much, whether it was sports or dance or anything else, my parents would be like, you know, you don't have to do it. I'm like, oh, I do well, that too. Yeah. Like, well, I do. I do. I want you to tell me to keep going and keep blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, you got to learn to quit whining about stuff if just because yeah. things are, aren't always going to go your way. And I'm like, oh, fine. Well, I remember mm-hmm. recital time last year for dance and Sabrina being so frustrated that the other girls in our class were not taking their routines as seriously as her. Uh-huh. And I had to sit her down and I had to say, some people do this for fun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's more than just fun to you. I said, so you focus on your steps. Yes. And you keep doing it. She said, but it throws off the whole. I'm like, I know that. But you can't control them. This is your class. And she's like, I just want our performance to be great. I'm like, again, I know that. But... You know, you can only control so much. And mm-hmm. and then when she got on her competition team, which they've only had, like, because of the hurricane, like, three classes, three practices. Uh-huh. When she got on that, then I explained to her, yes, you guys will come together as a team and mm-hmm. you all matter. And I could tell she really loves going to those practices because they all want mm-hmm. to be there. Yeah. That being said, she wants to play sports. But she's a very sore loser. Mm-hmm. Like, even board games piss her off. Yeah. So I'm a little hesitant to have her sign up because she, like, if Aurora just hits the ball a little bit harder than her, she's like, and we're like, yeah, Aurora, you go. And Aurora has, a, I'll be honest with you, Aurora has a little more athletic ability on that mm-hmm. side as far as, like, throwing a ball. Girl can take a soccer ball and do a, what is, I think it's called a drop kick, where yeah. you toss it up and you just kick it. And yeah. she can, like, it just scoops. I mean, I played soccer. It took me She's probably a, a year. She's natural with it. And I watched her do that. And I was like, oh, my God, you can do that? You're only three. And Sabrina mm-hmm. was like, you don't say the same stuff about me when I kick the soccer ball. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is why you don't play sports. I, I see what you're saying, but on one hand, but on the other hand, it's because she's such a sore loser. She might just need to be thrown into the deep end. Right, but I don't want her to get to the it. participation trophy and then still be like, I still suck. Why did I get this? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Other. I don't, not quite sure where I'm going with this. I'm a little, I'm a little tipsy. Yeah. I think it's th- more of the sugar than the alcohol in these mm-hmm. things. Good God, they're sweet. Yeah, they're really sweet. Shit. Sorry. Yeah. I think... And, like, I'm looking through my bag for some chips or something. Oof. And two things. I think, one, mm-hmm. for the people who are really against participation trophies, I think kids are smarter than you're giving them credit for. You I know. get the little... Like, I get what they're saying. Like, when you get to the late elementary and to middle school... Maybe back off the participation trophies. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And for the people who are pro participation trophies, while they still will get one, it's still important to encourage them and it, not let go of yeah, you know, the passion. Yeah. It, there you go. Thank you. You helped me bring it back. Don't let a hunk of metal do what your encouragement or your words of yeah. support. Yeah. And the life lessons that they'll get out of it. Don't right. don't let one feel like you it has to replace the other. Right. I get it. Cool. So my sort of tangential rant, not really a rant, sort of a rant that I'll go off on just to sort of round this out is why I, do people hate millennials? <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of exhausting because I even you know how people say like, you know, there's internal racism, like I feel like there's internal hatred. Uh, and stare uh, yeah, internal ageism ageism against millennials because even i'm like well i'm not like those millennials and like but just by saying that i'm buying into that all those terrible stereotypes are true and i'm like wait a minute yeah people no. people will say to me you're a millennial i'm like no i'm not no i'm not 
They're like, but 82. I'm like, not everything says 82. Some of it says 83, so I missed the cusp, you know? I'll say, because you're right on the borderline where you have a good blending and I of had multiple a f- I've had a few people post on Facebook this article about, it's called Xennials, mm-hmm. where it's Xennial with an X, yes. not a Z, where we're sort of a mix of the Gen Xers and a mix of the Millennials, because yeah. we grew up at the I love how they say the dawn of the digital age. But yes. truth. Yeah. I mean, I, we can I remember didn't... when the internet wasn't really useful yet and it was <clears throat> where it wasn't an integral part of your life. Shoot. Yet. Yeah. We still had a landline. We, I mean, anybody who had an answer machine, that was fancy. That was fancy. Only super duper rich people had cell phones. Yes. And I remember when caller ID came available. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom going, I'm not paying an extra dollar ninety nine for that shit. <laughs> if I want to answer the phone, I'll answer the phone. If not, if you know, she was like, "That's what the answer machines for." Is she used to screen her calls that mm-hmm. way? Like she was a big screener. And then whenever caller ID kind of came into the phone mm-hmm. bill, she was like, "Now she really screens her calls." So yeah, I think it's hilarious how I've even said that, and I, I mean, I, Sabrina's like. Did you watch, uh, we, we have the Amazon Fire Stick, and so we have different mm-hmm. apps like Disney Now and that yeah. kind of thing. And she's like, did you watch Nick Jr. when you were a kid? I'm like, no, it was just Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And there was no streaming. Yeah. There Nick, was no internet. Yeah. Nick Jr. was the morning programming from like 7 a.m. until... 1 p.m. But they didn't call it Nick Jr. It was just like the kids show, like the little kids shows, right? Or was it Nick it Jr.? It was Nick Jr. Okay. It, it didn't come along until I think like the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s-ish. Yeah, it was not around yeah. when I was a kid. But Sabrina's like, what did you do before all of that? And a Plenty. part of me was like, I kind of just went outside and grabbed sticks and made my own bows and arrows and played with the three-dimensional people. It's crazy. I found sort of an op-ed piece, and it was actually written by a student for the Stanford Daily back in 2017. Ooh. So it's written by a millennial, so it definitely has a weighted point of view. But something I definitely came across in multiple sources, not just this one, was a lot of the negative opinions, especially around participation trophies and how mm-hmm. they are affecting our kids and making you know millennials feel like mm-hmm. they deserve everything for nothing. A lot of that opinion is held by, like, the baby boomer generation. Yes. And so this is comparing, this is kind of telling the baby boomer generation to kind of take a hot step back for a second. So, um, the opening line of this article is, quote, The trope about how every child gets a trophy at sporting games just for participating is now long among the cliched staple of anecdotes that supposedly demonstrate how millennials are entitled brats, unquote. He goes on to point out the irony that one of the largest naysayer groups against millennials are the baby boomers, a group whose existence has been one giant participation trophy compared to that of millennials. For instance, for baby boomers, the cost of attending a four-year public university was $1,041 for the oldest boomers and $3,400 for the youngest. Even after accounting for inflation, the cost of attending a public university for millennials has increased tenfold and is now between $12,800 and $28,800 each year. Baby boomers also did not have to have a college degree to ensure financial stability. A high school diploma was enough to ensure at least a decent income. Not anything extravagant, but you could earn a living that way. Yeah. By comparison, a college degree is now essentially a prerequisite for gaining financial stability, even if it means taking out tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans to get it. Truth. As of 2017, millennials are facing an astonishing 45% underemployment rate. This means that almost half of millennials face the uncertainty of landing a decent paying job, especially one in their field of study. So that's what the classic situation you see, you know, you've graduated, you have all these qualifications, and then you are are expected to go do an entry level job, but have five years of experience Yeah, in order to do it. Yeah. And you get paid the entry level thing, even though that's like maybe 
half of what you owe yeah. in student loans. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Uh, millennials are also the first generation in, in American history to earn less than their parents. The oldest boomers, by comparison, had an 80-plus percent chance of out-earning their parents. Mm-hmm. Just, just because of where we are in our realm of prosperity right. and stuff and like that. Right, and also think about the economy, inflation, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Quote, just by virtue of their existence, boomers are already almost guaranteed to be winners of the game. Sounds a lot like a participation trophy to me. Unquote. <laughs> so while we are living in a political era that is dominated with conversations about entitlement and laziness and not giving handouts, baby boomers may need to step back and check some of their own built-in privilege at the door. That's all. Okay. That's not really fully on on topic but it was something that kind of came up around you know these darn kids and their participation trophies they think they get everything they hand it to them like eh, but, 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 but just they don't really get everything step, step back for a second yeah and just like everything else there are people who fit the stereotype absolutely i've worked with a few of them i have too but those are the exceptions i can count them on like one hand yes and I know people of other generations who fit that exact same stereotype. True. Oh, I do next to nothing and I should be rewarded for that. Yes. And I know tons of millennials who are very hardworking, very enterprising, very go get em individuals. Do they raise a stink every once in a while about things? Yeah. and But it's usually stuff that's justified and yes. it's things that... Yes. Where other people, other generations want to just, you know, put their heads down and dealt with it. We are much more of, you know, if we see an issue with something, we're we're going to raise raise a flag and talk about it mm-hmm. kind of thing. That, that's my tangent. <laughs> no, I mean, you make an excellent point. It's, it's not just about whether you give them a participation trophy or not. It's not about whether you expect them to get a job or not. It's the general values and lessons you instill in them as yes. they're growing up. Yes. So I guess that's kind of where I land on this whole thing. It's not a black and white of giving someone a participation trophy is going to make them lazy. It's and not. entitled for the rest of their lives. It's what values do you instill in them and well, what do you and teach it's, them? It's like this one guy that I quoted. It's like, it's up to you if you want to do that. But then also try to believe that your kid knows better. Or even have that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sweetie, this is a participation trophy for participating, but I'm still proud of you because you tried. Mm-hmm. You worked hard enough. Forget that. I mean, my parents didn't even make a big deal about it. I was like, what? It? I remember looking at my parents. I'm like, is this an award? And they were like, well, no, it's just a trophy for participating. I'm like, oh, okay. How the Seagram's t- treating you over there. Okay, so the blueberry acai lemonade is <laughs> is extremely sweet. Mm-hmm. The Calypso col- uh, Colada, aka Blue Drank, is yummy. But now I'm getting like that Mountain Dew fuzzy feel. Like I feel like I got a sweater on my teeth. Is it just really sugary? Yeah, if I'm sitting here like I feel like I'm like a cokehead just rubbing my... Mm-hmm. You got any of that coke over there? was the um jamaican me happy one the best one out of three yes because it has watermelon strawberry lemon and guava flavor Mm. any final thoughts before we wrap up this is a good discussion yeah like i said at first i was on the same boat as you was like oh participation trophies but then like as i was looking into it i was like i have participation trophies like it's fine slow your roll I felt like the information we found was, one, it's entirely up to you as a parent and as a coach. Mm-hmm. And two, you still have to do that parenting role, sorry guys, of explaining to your kids that hard work is really the true reward in the end. Boom. And also, again, once again, no matter how drunk you are, do not have sex in the back of a cup car. If you take nothing else away from this episode... (laughs) Don't swallow your wedding ring or your engagement ring. Unless you were under threat of actually losing it. Oh, no. Part of me is like, the ring, it's insured. (laughs) I just... You want to go get it. This don't hurt me. (laughs) Well, with that useful life knowledge... (laughs) I'm here to please. We'll see y'all next time. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really helps to get the word out about the show. You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till next time. time.